Ilhan Omar is revealed to be a vicious anti-Semite, the Covington kids sue more mainstream media outlets, and the victims of the anti-vaxxer movement finally get their first taste of modern medicine. All of this and more in this episode of the KPR Politicast. Welcome to This Week in the News, and I want to bring, I want to say a big welcome to Anna Smith, who is back in the studio after a sabbatical. Anna, do you want to talk about your little sabbatical? Um, I took a 21-day um, <laughs> cleanse from KPR. <laughs> it was really peaceful, but unfortunately, I'm fully back. Now we're back. <laughs> this has been an interesting KPR week. So let's jump, let's jump right into it, right? I mean, Anna, I'm sure that you want to... Uh, a little baptism by fire. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, maybe you don't, but um, you know who else didn't want a baptism by fire? Nick Sandman. And uh, <laughs> I know, good good segue, right? <laughs> no. Um, so Nick Sandman, if you guys didn't know, uh, was the target of a lot of um, left-wing criticism, uh, unjust Clarify who Nick Sandman is. Because right. I feel like oh, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Okay. So he was the target of a lot of left-wing criticism um, because of a video that he appeared in at the pro-life march. Uh, he was wearing a MAGA hat. Um, Make America Great Again hat, that is. Uh, and, Thank you and, for the clarification. And a Native American activist uh, who was attending a Indigenous Peoples March uh, that coincided with the pro-life march um, approached Nick Sandman and his, uh, and his you know flock of, of students and um, they, the, 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 uh, what was his name? The, the oh, Native God. American activist? Nathan. Nathan. Doesn't sound like a Native American name. Well, that was his name, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Nathan Phillips? Nathan Phillips, Nathan Phillips, yes. Uh, Nathan mm. Phillips, uh, who, uh, he approached these, this flock of students, and Nick Sandman was just standing there, and he came up to him, and uh, Nathan Phillips started banging his drum in his face. <laughs> And Nick Sandman kind of stared him down a little bit, uh, not doing really anything wrong. But um, a lot of media outlets uh, took a, a 30-second clip out of context and said that Nick Sandman was kind of harassing Nathan Phillips. Um, this was kind of widely discredited after Nathan Phillips, you know, uh, Nathan Phillips gave uh, contradicting, yeah, 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 several different stories about what was happening. Um, additionally, the extended video showed uh, Nick Sandman and his group of students being. Um, harassed by black Israelites um, who were a kind of um, an interesting group of people. <laughs> if you don't know who the black Israelites are, uh, have fun Googling that. Um, <laughs> Damn. Well, recently, right, so after this whole shabacle, right, Nick Salmon, you know, received death threats. He was doxxed multiple times. Um, Covington High School, of which he attended, uh, had to be shut down because there was uh, multiple threats safety to the school. Threats. Yeah, safety threats to the school. Uh, after that, right, after it kind of settled down, his lawyer uh, released um, kind of a couple of lawsuits against some of the, these media outlets that were wrongfully accusing Nick Sandman of uh, what was, you know, on par of a hate crime, right? Um, he, his lawyers, his lawyers uh, kind of released a uh, lawsuit against the Washington Post, a couple of weeks ago for $250 million um, to the applause of the right. I think yeah. I think a lot of people were excited about that. I think rightfully they were excited about that because, you know, let, let's be honest, right? You know, the media has uh, a very left left tilt and um, they kind of pounce on these, these stories without, you know, getting the full context or all the facts. 
Um, and you know, the right has you know noticed this for years, obviously. Um, you know, with all the criticism from Trump, you know, the the criticism Romney felt, you know, during uh, the 2012 election season, McCain felt during the 2008 election season, you know, multiple um, Congress people, Republican Congress people, you know, they, they've all felt this, and now someone's finally standing up. Someone's finally standing up and saying, you know, what you're reporting is is not, you know, um, it's not right morally, right? So he's getting so Washington Post got sued, <laughs> and now uh, CNN is. Predicted to get sued, sued uh, for another two hundred fifty million dollars. But are they suing them for because it's not right morally that they twisted the story, or? Well, I think that Nick Sammons, you know, standing up saying this is not right morally. But what they are, um, what they are uh, suing CNN and Washington Post for is is libel and slander. Okay. Right. So, um, you know, le- legally they, you know. <laughs> they, reasons, there's a legal reason why they're suing, right? It's not just because yeah. you know there's a tilt, right? Because yes. you can't really sue, you know, for that. But uh, I, I mean, what, what do you? I mean, Jim, Jimmy's in the uh, in the studio too. Um, Jimmy, Very quiet. You, yeah, a yeah. quiet, a quiet man <laughs> in the studio. Jimmy, do you think that Nick Sammon was slandered during the coverage? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I the 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 way the media takes everything today, especially with people that are leaning conservative <laughs> is it's, it's just kind of like one of those big social media things where you see somebody says something and it's easy to take it the wrong way um, and just exploit it in any way you can because that's I mean it's what we like to do most of the time um, so yeah I don't know and speaking I, of I think social- that's pretty much what media, the media is doing yeah speaking of social media there was a lot of, I mean, I think social media sparked this, right? I mean, there, yeah. there was, um, you know, they CNN, CNN, Washington Post, they all picked up on a, a like a 30 second video that was posted on social media. Post made on its Twitter. Round on, yeah, posted on Twitter, made its rounds on Twitter. Um, and a lot of CNN commentators, you know, uh, spoke pretty, you know, spoke publicly on Twitter about wanting to hurt Nick Sandman, right? Or, you know, talking that he was a scum of the earth. Mm-hmm. And um, Cory Booker was a very scum. noticeable one that, like a very... Not, obviously large, not a CNN commentator, but, you know, but politically. But he was a large, he's a large political force, I guess, right now, yeah. being that he's running in the 2020 elections. And he, I couldn't quote exactly what he said, but what he said was along the lines of he doesn't deserve to live. But mm-hmm. if it was a conservative, <clears throat> like, candidate, this person would have been slandered by the Dems oh, for yeah. saying oh, yeah. something like so that. Saying something that like a kid doesn't deserve to live, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, there's a double standard in, in the in Is the actual. Is that what he said, or like to the kid, or? Uh, he basically tweeted that this person he wants to punch the person in the face, Nick Sa- Nick Sandman, and just that he didn't deserve to be alive if he was going to act the way he did. I mean, I, right. that that shouldn't even be like I. I don't what do you see think, Jimmy? How does, that... does Nick Sammy deserve to be alive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. Well, I, I hey, just think kids house, in general should pro-life. be off limits in the media. Uh, it, it, uh, I mean, you know what? You know, there's a double standard here, right? And Jimmy, I'll, I'll get back yeah. to you really quick, um, because and this is another transition. So hold your hold on oh, to your horses. Good. good. <laughs> you know, the media jumped, you know, to convict in a sense Nick Sandman, right? But they jumped to defend Jesse Smollett. Yeah. Right. I mean, if, if that's not a double standard, I don't know what is. And Jimmy, I'm so, I'm sure that you saw that too. Yeah. I mean, the media jumped to defend Jesse Smollett. Right. They they posted that Jesse Smollett was attacked, and this is a fact. Right. Mm-hmm. This is this is you know what he is saying is factual. Right. And then yeah. when you know Nick Sandman 
you know, sues the Washington Post or CNN, they say, oh, Nick Sandman is alleging, right, that he was mistreated by the media. Mm-hmm. You know, and there was no evidence for the Jesse Smollett stuff when it came out, right? No, literally none. Absolutely none. Zero. And there, there's a lot of evidence that Nick Sandman was, you know, slandered by the media. So why, why are we using alleged, you know, in one case, none in the other? I mean, Jimmy, you've you, you had to see this with the Jesse Smollett stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, pretty stupid. Do you want to talk a little bit about the Jesse Smollett stuff? I mean, like, where, what I mean, did you I, see the media's role? Really, I haven't really seen it that much, but what I know is pretty much, I what I can see from the situation is that pretty much social media. I don't know. This is my opinion. Social media and the news are kind of almost merging because they I mean they, they're both having this they both have sort of the same attributes right now because both of them like on social media always people always jump to conclusions they always sort of assume the wrong things or just just to kind of stir the pot I guess you'd say so do you think that media is you know media as in you know news yeah. outlets are becoming um, more entrenched in social media drama yeah. yeah well you also can see that after he was it's come out that he has 16 felony counts. They're barely talking about it because all... They're wrong. They were wrong. <laughs> yeah. And they literally don't even want people to realize that in the first place they came out and defended this guy for being part of a hate crime. You can't see my quotations, but I had quotations. Um, and now they're not even going to talk about it just because they were wrong and they refuse to acknowledge that because that's typical. No, it's typical media. I mean... I, I, like I said in the beginning of this whole you know segment, the media obviously has a leftist tilt. They have an agenda, right? And if something doesn't fit their agenda, right? They're not going to they're, they're talk, talk about it. No. So I mean, no. So a, <laughs> so I mean, a, a gay black man who is attacked by Trump supporters in Chicago fits the media's agenda that America is a violent, racist place. But him lying about that, right, and then getting indicted, you know, sixteen felony counts. That doesn't really fit the media's agenda. No, it does not. <laughs> Can we just uh, let's talk about the Jesse Smollett thing for really quick? Because I know we talked about it last podcast, but it's just so—I don't even know if "stupid" even encompasses what Jesse Smollett did. <clears throat> it was reckless, you know. You know, not no thought was put into it, right? It was. It was a stupid act. Well, I mean, I don't blame him, honestly, because it's easy to get people to believe things today. And I think that we made that point in the last podcast. You know, if the Chicago uh, Police Department didn't dig into it, I think everyone would believe Jesse's point now. Well, and he used the oppression of black people to further career or to further his career in acting and in his show and to get press for his show Empire. And just that's. This is what makes me angry with the left, that they have all these people who just use it, who use the... Racial oppression. Yeah, to their advantage to further their agenda and... Well, you saw that during 2008 and 2012 with Obama, yep. right? He pitted people against each other, mm-hmm. right? The Democrats don't care. I mean, they, they... To win elections, the Democrats have to pit people against each other. They have to, right? You saw... Yeah. I mean, you saw, you know, race relations, you know, almost double... Or, you know, race tensions, sorry, almost double, you know, during the Obama years. Yep. You know, because that's how he won his elections <laughs> is because, you know, America is a you know racist, violent place, right, yes. according to the Democrats. And the only way to make it less racist and less violent mm-hmm. is to vote in, you know, my guy. Yeah, I mean, there isn't, personally, I haven't really seen any 
nearly as many race riots or any sort of riots as you could see like in Ferguson um, since uh, since Trump has taken office just because he doesn't really drive people away from each other or create separation from what I can see. Um, but I think that was definitely seen with Obama just because I, just in general, like, even like organizations and I, I don't mean to rip on the Women's Day thing, but <laughs> sort of days like that. I mean, why do we need them? We, we don't really... It, it just separates us. Yeah, I, I would agree with you, Jimmy. And I think that if you look at the organization, the Obama campaign, right, compared to the Trump campaign, you know, there, there's no, you know, uh, there's no organizations in the Trump campaign, affiliated with the Trump campaign that are, you know, Latinos for Trump or, you know, blacks for Trump or, you know, mm-hmm. women for Trump. You know, they, there may be, right, but they're in a very, they, they don't have a whole lot of political influence. Under yeah. Obama, right? Oh, my God. You know, there was blacks for Trump, women for Trump, Jews for Trump, you know, and, and that pits people against each other, mm-hmm. right? You know, focusing on, you know, America's identity, except for you know, instead of their thoughts and who they are as an individual, if that's not racism, I don't know what is. <laughs> but the left can hide it because they, because they say, oh, we're the party of, you know, the, uh, of defending minority rights and, you know, all mm-hmm. this stuff, when really they're not. Really, if you look at their, organiz- you know, their, their campaign organization, their agenda points, you know, there are, you know, there's little evidence to to see that the Democrats are the party of, you know, the oppressed minority and defending minority rights, and and honestly, the only reason why you see minorities coming out um, for the Democrats in such high numbers is because Americans believe subscribe to believe that Democrats are the the party of the minority. Yeah, I mean, I don't. And, and, and I, but I mean, you're seeing people, I think, wake up a little bit. Right, you're seeing with, with like the Blexit movement, right? Um, you know, the you know people proposing that you know blacks should exit or leave the Democratic Party, you know, because they are you know the the biggest minority voting block group that votes for the Democrats. Um, you're seeing that with a lot of Latino supporters for Trump, um, and then uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later. But this anti-Semitism that's coming from the Democratic Party, yeah, you know, I think that you're going to see a lot of Jews leave the Democratic Party, you know, who traditionally vote Democrat, you know, upwards of seventy percent. Um, and I think Jesse Smollett is kind of like a, it's a, it's a turning point for the Democrats. Yes. You know, are they going to continue, you know, to pit people against each other or are they going to wake up and say, you know, that maybe faking hate crimes isn't the best way to win (laughs) elections? Probably not. I mean, he's, he has 16 felony counts or he's been charged with 16 felony counts. So I just, hmm. Not doing too hot over there in the Democratic Party. Where, I mean, where, I mean, where are you gonna? Where Where do you see him? I mean, he's not gonna go to jail, right? If you see, if you take this, you know, two years from now, they're gonna the judge is gonna strap an ankle bracelet onto him. Yeah. And he's going to live, you know, in his Hollywood apartment, or you know, I guess the Chicago apartment, you know, for maybe two or three months, and then he's gonna go back to you know a C list acting career. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. He's insane but you know who is also insane elizabeth warren elizabeth warren (laughs) is she the one who said um that like there's still voting laws that are barring like blacks and minorities from voting like every 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 democrat has said that because i I don't know i saw that recently i don't know if it was her or not Uh, it was probably maybe Stacey abrams she's been a big you know she's she's claims that she has been cheated by it. But anyway, uh, <laughs> cheated out of the governorship of Georgia. Um, but, uh, I mean, you, 
I know. Thank <laughs> Stacey Abrams is insane. But <laughs> back to Elizabeth Warren. Um, she's in the news uh, because she now wants to break up big tech. Uh, that means Google, Facebook, Amazon, Amazon. Why? I don't she's know. Dumb. I don't know. I don't. She's well. She claims it's a monopoly, right? And you know, she wants to appeal to the Bernie supporters. You know, yeah. every single Democrat is trying to capitalize on the Bernie Sanders wave. Have you guys noticed that? What Bernie Sanders wave? Like, like the, like the, like the small donations, mm-hmm. no corporate packs. You know, the li- I'm the grassroots guy. I'm a little guy. It's like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> You're not a little guy. Okay. I wish people could see Richard's hand motions, like movements. I, I, what, I, what I was trying to say with my hand motions is that they, anyone who's trying to capitalize on the Bernie Sanders wave is stupid because the Bernie Sanders wave is Thank stupid. Thank you. Um, but I, I, yeah, so she wants to break up big tech. And the problem that I see with that initially is that big tech donates a lot of money to the Democratic Party. <laughs> so, so she's just she cut she's cutting off like you know like a third of her donors right off the bat. <laughs> she's, yeah. she, Google, I want to. What, what what is the chance that Google is going to want to donate to the Elizabeth Warren campaign when Elizabeth Warren is saying that she wants to Should break I, up Google? Yeah. <laughs> it really, could be like that. In, let's let's be. I don't know why. I don't know how Jeff Bezos is still a Democrat, right? I mean, <laughs> you saw with you know he was pretty much forced out of New York with AOC, right? And now Elizabeth Warren, a front runner, right for the twenty twenty election, is saying that she wants to break up Amazon. Yeah. How the hell is Jeff Bezos still a Democrat? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, what, what do you think the problem is with breaking up big tech, Jimmy? I mean, do you think this is a ridiculous policy, or do you think it actually has some merit? I, I just don't see a point. Not, I don't really know much you don't about think, you don't, I mean, you don't, you don't think that it's a monopoly? Yeah, no, you no. I, what, what sort of inconveniences are they causing us? None. I, don't, I, I think that a <laughs> lot of Alexa the, makes my life easy. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of these companies have pretty big competitors. Facebook has Twitter. Amazon yeah. has eBay. You know, and Alibaba from China. They're um, talking about, like, TikTok trying to come up and just take over Instagram. I hey, don't think that's going to happen. TikTok is cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, TikTok's a big competitor for, for Facebook. Um, okay, Elizabeth Warren, idiot. Stupid. Stupid idiot. Um, another idiot that's on trial, right? Well, not trial, but another idiot that's been in the news um, is Manafort, uh, one of, a, Trump, a long-term Trump aide. Um, and he, and this is this is a reoccurring theme in the whole Trump investigation. You're not seeing anyone getting convicted for colluding with Russia. You're seeing people get convicted with crimes that were, you know, unearthed during the Mueller investigation, have nothing to do with Russia. So Manafort, I don't know how educated you guys are on the topic, um, but Manafort it, was indicted, and now he's been convicted of uh, fraud, financial fraud. Um, I think it was during 2000, the 2008 crisis. Um, nothing, nothing to do with Russia, right? But the media is playing it up. So what are we like paying Mueller for if he's finding crimes that? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what we're paying him for, to be honest. And can we talk about how many times I have heard the Mueller report is coming out in one week? It's not, <laughs> <laughs> it's not coming out. It's not. It's not going to come out until. There's the, something, and there's not. It's not. To be it's not going to come out until the 2020 election season. Yeah, it's not going to come out till then because there is an agenda behind it. You know, really. 
yeah, I know, I know. How did you know a, that? Did you guys know that there's an agenda behind the whole um, Trump Russia collusion? Do you know Democrats theory? have an agenda? <laughs> In the, uh, the the Senate uh, Senate committees, House committees, they've all said that there's no collusion. Um, they they all said that there's no collusion. Uh, you know, um, Mueller's going to come out with a report that's going to say that there's no collusion. Sorry to break it to all the Democrats out there. There's no collusion, right? But as long as there's a potential for there to be collusion, right, the Democrats are going to play it up because that's how that's their key. Yeah. That's their key to win. I think that's just their backup and <laughs> all the media. If they run out of things to talk about, they just talk about Russia. Do you think that it's going to play a big role in 2020, Jimmy? Oh, yeah. Russia. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's pretty much what all the Democrats fall back on now, uh, just the, the Russian investigation. Well, they can't, they can't talk about the economy because yeah. the economy is doing good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, they can't talk. They'll probably say something like, oh, that was Obama. Yeah. That's not how the economy works. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that was Obama. That was Obama. <laughs> Great. I'm glad that Obama is... Um, coming back and making our economy great <laughs> <laughs> from two years after he was last in office. Um, so Manafort is obviously a criminal, um, but you know not the, not the right type of criminal for the Democrats. <laughs> the Democrats want a Russian criminal, but he is just a regular run-of-the-mill financial fraud criminal. Um, another criminal who the Democrats apparently love. I, I don't know why the Democrats are so obsessed with these criminals, but uh, <laughs> but uh, th- but Cohen testified in front of the uh, Senate Oversight Committee um, th- this past week, and the Democrats yes. really played it up. Um, and it was, it, I, it, I don't know why, I don't know why, because Cohen is a convicted liar, Right. It's just so much bullshit. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. I think that sums it up. I think that sums it up pretty well. Cole, yeah. The whole Cohen testimony drama was a bunch of BS because we knew what Cohen was going to say. You know, I mean, and that's the only, the only way that he's going to get leniency right, from his crimes, right? His crimes are, are perjury and lying to Congress under oath, is by testifying in front of Congress again. <laughs> How does that make any sense? <laughs> I mean, I mean, should we believe Cohen, Anna? I, I mean, with the answer being no, should we believe Cohen? Why would we? Like, what re- what reasons do I have to believe Michael Cohen? Like, it just there's none. He he's always he's always been someone that you can't trust. A sleazy New York lawyer, right? I didn't even believe him during the you know Trump uh, uh, Trump 2016 campaign. Yeah, BC, he was just he, he went on CNN and then he was like, he just appeared very flustered all the time and like I knew that he was doing something bad. You, you, there's no way that Michael Cohen was ever doing something good. I mean, just <laughs> by his demeanor and it is so I I don't know Michael Cohen. Um, kind of reminds me of Alex. <laughs> okay, w- way to bash Alex. So he's not even here. Um, but I, I don't know. What, what's your opinion on the Michael Cohen thing, Jimmy? I don't know. I, I actually don't know. I just all, all I saw during the thing was um, during the summit because. Oh yeah, do you want to talk about the summit really quick? Um, yeah, I guess I don't know. I I think the summit so, sort of it's not as bad as people made it out to be. And also with the rebuilding the um, site, that site has never been used for an actual ICBM. It's always you're referencing been, North Korea rebuilding a yeah a, yeah IB you know a, a site a missile a missile testing site. Right. It's always been used for satellite launches only. So, I, yeah, in Michael Cohen's testimony, 
and th- this was I think this was another media agenda, right? Probably uh, just to draw. That. Well, it was to draw attention yeah. away from a successful foreign policy uh, agenda being implemented, right? What, but <laughs> and you saw. I mean, I think Fox News uh, reported uh, how much primetime coverage was delegated to the Michael Cohen testimony and how much primetime coverage was delegated to the North Korean summit. And I think that we can all agree here that the North Korea summit was more consequential than Michael Cohen going in front of Congress for the second time <laughs> talking about how bad Trump is. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, Fox News did a pretty good job in balancing it out, um, even though I think more time should have been delegated to uh, the North Korea uh, summit. But all these other networks, you know, CNN, CBS, you know, HuffPo Live. <laughs> they all uh, they all delegated a majority of their time to the Michael Cohen testimony and a minority of their time to the North Korea summit. Um, which I mean, honestly, the media could have extracted some substance right for their agenda out of the North Korea summit. They yeah because it collapsed. It was it was a pretty much a failure. You know, mm-hmm. nothing was signed. You know, Kim Jong Un walked away angry. That doesn't really mean it's a failure. I wouldn't say. I mean, the summit itself was a a short term failure. Maybe it was a long term yeah. success, but. Um, well, I mean, I you heard Trump say he was like he he wants to, however long it takes. He's fine with that. I mean, because he's building his relationship with Kim Jong Un. Well, just getting Kim Jong Un to the yeah. bargaining table was is a pretty big success. And so. I, I don't know if you heard, but they, um, I, North Korea, they were like promoting the. Um, the summit in some weird video they made, but I don't know. I just saw that in the news. What video the North Korea releases isn't weird. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on that note, uh, I'm Richard Pfeiffer. I'm Anna Smith. I'm Jimmy Winklehawk. And this was This Week in the News. We'll be right back up with our main topic, anti-Semitism in the Democratic Party. That's going to be Spencer Wolfie and Jack Bougay. Thank you. And welcome back to the uh, main topic section of the KPR Politicast. Um, I'm Wolfie Frick. I'm Spencer Cates. I'm Jack Bougay. And in this segment, we're going to talk all about anti-Semitism. Um, more specifically, uh, the um, the wide Democratic Party embrace of anti-Semitism. Keep in mind, the current year is 2019, not 1945. So, um, rather interesting uh, that it's come to national prominence in 2019. Uh, But to give you some background, um, the reason why we're talking about this now is because, um, you know, recently there have been some some new arrivals in the Democratic Party, um, in the House of Representatives. Um, one of these figures is a woman named Ilhan Omar, who represents the 5th Congressional District of Minnesota. Um, I actually wrote an article about her that's coming out at some point tonight. You should be able to see it on the website, KirkwoodPoliticalReview.com. But she has come under fire recently in the news because in 2012, she tweeted that Israel had hypnotized the world. And after being elected to her seat in Congress, she continued to peddle um, uh, anti-Semitic remarks, including the fact that she genuinely believes that um, supporting Israel in Congress is essentially equivalent to uh, pledging allegiance to a foreign country, which is an old anti-Semitic trope. So um, what are you guys' thoughts on this as a general as a general topic? What do you think of the Democrats um, embracing anti-Semitism? I think I'm a little surprised just because 
in the past, there have been a lot of disgusting things said by Republican representatives and senators, and both Democrats and even some Republicans were just all over that. The media just attacked them just very aggressively. And then in this case, like there has been a lot of aggression towards Omar, but there's been, at least in my opinion, less intensity. I'm not saying that's because she is a minority, because I'm not trying to start anything there. I think that what she said is wrong and that rather than tweeting out an apology, she should like issue a very formal statement. Like she can believe what she wants to believe, but in a year in an age where discriminating against anybody saying anything negative is wrong, she really shouldn't voice that, especially when a lot of her constituents are of the Jewish faith and the Jewish heritage. Looks like uh, the old uh, tweeting, bringing back old tweets is uh, has struck again. Um, Just yeah, delete but, your Twitter, guys. But usually when people reflect upon the dumb stuff that they've tweeted, they usually don't double down on it, um, which is not something I would recommend. But I don't know. It's just kind of crazy. And I think it is important. I think you, you mentioned this in your article, too, that speaking, uh, disagreeing with is Israel isn't being anti-Semitic necessarily, but I think I think it's a lot of the phraseology of the tweets and um, kind of how she expresses that, um, that uh, I don't want to say disdain, but like, but um, opposition to kind of the whole uh, legitimacy of Israel. I mean, you can do that, but without being anti-Semitic, I think, because it's it's not a it's not a, a case of of religious discrimination. But I think the the mannerism that she's going about it is is quite disturbing, especially for a congressperson. I, I really agree, and I think uh, just to bring in an example of something she has said. Uh, to paraphrase, she said, uh, "Jews, Israel is all about the Benjamins," in reference to. I believe a uh, U.S. embassy in well, Jerusalem. She was she was talking about um, American support for Israel, mm. um, and she said it was all about the Benjamins baby uh, on Twitter, uh, alluding to hundred dollar bills. And, uh, uh, not to make connections, but where have we heard that before about Jews controlling all the money? <laughs> yeah, speak of, speaking speaking of uh, ancient anti-Semitic tropes, I've never heard that before. Mm-hmm. And then she also said that that support was being bankrolled by APAC, which is the American-Israel uh, Public Affairs Committee, which doesn't donate any money directly to any politician or political party and has no affiliations with any sitting member of Congress whatsoever. So that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. And again, you can hold those views without being anti-Semitic. I mean, but again, a tweeting, that's just so weird that you would... I, that even think that's a good idea before tweeting it, especially especially the the historic tropes around Judaism and controlling money and whatnot. I mean, before you even think about tweeting about something that has to do with Jewish people and any and <laughs> any faith, any stereotype right. regarding that faith, think about it. And what's 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 really weird to me about this is that. Um, you know, the Democrats claim to fight for the little guys. They claim to fight for the minorities, the oppressed groups of people who have struggled throughout history to attain any semblance of power. And that's just, it's, it's, it's strange to me that um, Representative Omar can, can uh, kind of safely 
um, uh, peddle these really, really dangerous comments um, when you know her entire party is aligned with the, the 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 founding principles of Israel as a political entity. They're the only democracy in the Middle East. I mean, when was the last time there was a women's march in 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 Riyadh, the capital of Saudi Arabia? When was the last time there was a you know, like like a, a a pride march anywhere in the Middle East that wasn't anywhere remotely close to a democracy like Israel. The answer is there hasn't ever been, and that's why it's so disturbing that she's launching these attacks. I mean, sure, it's 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 fine that you criticize the government of Israel. They deserve criticism, especially because their prime minister just got indicted by his own attorney general for <laughs> political corruption. That could never happen anywhere else in the Middle East. Ever, because it hasn't. <laughs> so it just is weird to me that 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 out of all the places she could attack, she's choosing the one that doesn't throw gays off buildings and that doesn't stone victims of rape to death. You know, she's choosing to 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 criticize that country. And uh, just sort of go back to something you said, Jack, about doubling down on her past statements and now her current statements. I just as we've been talking, I've been envisioning a way that she could have just sort of said yeah i said that back in 2012 but now i'm different she could have said something like you know what i believe that there was corruption in the state of israel and i never meant any harm towards my jewish constituents my jewish the jewish people i represent um and like i just yeah, yeah. she was in like a decent position to to just say I think, hey, recover. i'm sorry i was just like oh yeah I'm i was just, making yeah. i was making a tweet based on um based on my foreign policy views which to a certain extent is I think what she was genuinely trying to do mm -hmm. but it really doesn't it's come phrasing. off that way and I it makes me suspicious to begin with um, if that's wholeheartedly about what she's what she's actually tweeting about um, just just foreign policy but I mean yeah I don't know think about what you tweet people <laughs> I mean it's it's it's, well, I can go wrong in 140 characters, whatever it's at now. <laughs> that is a very astute statement. <laughs> but even like, uh, even through that, you know, this recent trend in going through people's old tweets to try and discredit them in the in, in the present, you know, tends to be uh, a phenomenon that occurs when people go and look through people's tweets and find something that they tweeted when they were like 13, and they're yeah, like, "Oh, that was that. bad." In 2012. Ilhan Omar was in her 20s. Yeah. She had a sound mind. She was a grown woman, and she knew exactly what she was doing. And in 2019, she knows exactly what she is doing. So there is no, I mean, like, you can, you, can, you can invoke the old tweet argument when you're talking about something that was said in the recent past, you know, uh, relative to the entirety of your life. Um you know, it's not entirely appropriate to bring it up when the person who issued that tweet at the time was 13, but Ilhan Omar was an adult. Well, even in that case, I'll give people a little bit of we uh, leeway because I think with, yeah, same here. with I think Kevin Hart, um, he yeah. got into a lot of trouble for that. He, he yeah. I know he was older when he tweeted those things, but he would, one, he's not an elected official, and two, he, he denounced everything he had said and he had uh, totally stated that he was foolish, but this is not the case for Omar. Um, she's doubling down, and she also is in Congress. Uh, I think same thing with uh, 
the Guardians of the Galaxy director, was his name? James Gunn? Uh, James Gunn. James Gunn. James Gunn. Yeah. The same thing happened to him. And I'll, I also give him leeway because, again, he denounced what he had said, and I don't think that he should have been kicked off um, a writing position for, for tweets. I think that's ridiculous. I think people going back and viewing old tweets is ridiculous in general. This is a different case, though. One, because it's it wasn't really extraordinarily long time ago. I mean, you're not talking about like 10 years here. 20 years, yeah. Yeah, and and yeah, she's 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 not she's not facing um she's not giving any amount of criticism to her former self and how she composed her that those tweets. Yeah. And I think to sort of say like she's not a celebrity, she's not a director. She is an elected official that represents a large a decent sized portion of the state of Minnesota which is known to be a very liberal state. And her personal opinions should come into play in her policy making, but she also needs to reflect on the views of the people she represents. And she should not tweet such controversial things, especially if she represents people that that might offend. I think Twitter is an interesting case study for Let's just get rid of Twitter, guys. (laughs) That would be... I'd be yeah, fine with that, great. to be honest. Just, as a, as a I, think, I think it's an interesting case study because if you look at someone's Twitter, you can kind of tell how they are. I mean, regardless of how, uh, not even the, the composition of the tweets, I mean, sure, you can find out what they like, but you can also tell if someone acts on impulse a lot by looking on their tweets, I think. If they're tweeting frequently and very emotionally charged things, uh, I mean... I don't know. It really, it really comes into question if you're that, if you have that much visibility too. I think it's it's crazy that people would even be tweeting this sort of stuff, especially with all these all these cases of it coming back to bite people. I, I don't understand people not being more careful on, on on Twitter. I mean, sure, it's it's a medium where you can say whatever you want, and I'm fine with that. But if if you have that high of a visibility, I think you should maybe think of like. Uh, just reread it a couple times, there's, maybe. There's an option to delete your tweets. Yeah, like, but and even then, that makes you look weak. Yeah, so, I mean, if you have sure. to, if your but views be- are so be- repugnant, that you have that. to delete them. Yeah, I mean, but part part of it to me, the thing that is most disturbing about this entire situation is not really that it occurred on Twitter. I mean, of course, that's that has a lot to do with it, but it's also the fact that um, that that Omar made these comments. Um, and continues probably to to make these comments while she serves on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, which mm-hmm. deals directly with uh, Israeli-American uh, uh, relations. I mean, if 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 Omar were a Republican, like we saw in the controversy with uh, with with Steve, Steve King. King earlier this year, where he said he wasn't quite sure why um, white nationalism was so bad, which is not a good thing to say. Um, the House wasted no time stripping him of every committee assignment he had received. Um, he was essentially relegated to a nobody, and they're having a really hard time doing anything about Ilhan Omar. I mean, she should. there's no question about it. When you make anti-Semitic remarks, when you serve on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, you should be kicked off that committee. That's a big one, yeah. I mean, it's it's it pretty much casts aside any any uh, 
any notion of being bipartisan at that point. Exactly. And especially when you're in a foreign affairs committee, that stuff matters. I mean, mm-hmm. what it's you really say important. is extremely it's, important when you're talking about diplomacy with other countries. I mean, you're you're going to want to be as as calculated as as you want, especially when it comes to diplomacy with other countries and especially in the Middle East as well. Um, and when we're having it's an interesting relationship with Israel I mean right now I mean with uh, the recent um, allegations with Netanyahu and then Trump a couple months ago declaring Israel as a legitimate state or uh, Jerusalem as the capital of Israel Um, it's an interesting time for diplomacy with Israel and if she's on the foreign affairs committee that's that reflects very interestingly they're gonna start viewing her in a really critical light yeah for sure um which is bad i think it's unprofessional yeah i mean i mean we there's no question that we should be allied with the only democracy in the middle east that would help Mm -hmm. to you know kind of give us an in over there because that area as i'm sure you're aware if you haven't been living under a rock for the past 20 years is highly unstable I mean, not not really in the past 20 years because the Israeli-Palestinian conflict has been raging on since the 1940s. But like you know, in terms of recent 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 wars, we've kind of put ourselves in the Middle East a lot over the last 20 years, and I think that 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 part of the world needs needs to have attention, um, and kind of just casting it. I mean, I don't know. I'm just. I'm not at all in favor of uh, this 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 new movement that is just so so vastly critical of Israel because they're kind of our last best hope in the Middle East. Yeah, and I think it's good that there is a voice on the committee that can argue for the state of Palestine. No, I agree. However, yeah. I, she she's going about this very wrong, especially in the environment right now where a lot of America is pro-Israel. And she she needs to phrase her opinions better and just less offensively. And and like I was saying, I mean I mean there's no problem. Uh, well, actually Jack said this, but yeah. I wrote it in my article. Um, <laughs> there's no problem, uh, you know, criticizing Israel. Israel's policies deserve to be criticized. Any government is deserving of criticism because no government is perfect, you know. And and if you're if you're if if criticizing a government is uh, roundly, roundly seen as bad, then that's a problem. But I don't think it is. I mean, the reason why the reason why Ilhan Omar is being attacked for anti-Semitism is because she's an anti-Semite and she's said things that are blatantly anti-Semitism or, or anti-Semitic throughout the past six or so weeks. So she deserves the criticism she's received, and I think uh, it's important to r- realize that. We need to we need to draw attention to everything our legislators do because you know especially when they serve on a uh, on a committee as powerful as the House Foreign, Foreign Affairs Committee. Yeah, for sure, she should be held responsible. Um, again, it's it yeah, like what you're saying. It's it's not the it's not necessarily her her views on it. It's it's the motive by which she's doing it and that vehicle by which she expresses it severely calls into concern whether those motives are anti-Semitic and not just policy-driven um, concerning Israel. I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not going to instantly say someone who's not pro-Israel is anti-Semitic. Of course not. But 
the the things that she said calls into question that and it really calls into question if she's fit to be on doing such a, a diplomatic and important job in Congress, especially at such a high level of visibility where she is now being a new congressperson. Um, it's 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 I mean this this new this new class of congressman is 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 under extremely high visibility and maybe maybe even the highest visib highest the most highly sought um, congressional seats in in, a, in recent history at least it's it's very interesting to see what actions are being taken by this kind of this this class of Democrats that are eagerly put into the seats of the House of Representatives. It's interesting how this reflects on that new class. I'm not saying that all the Democrats elected to the House are anti-Semites, but it it really does, um, I think, reflect poorly on on Democrats. I don't think it's, again, going to get as much visibility. Um, but, yeah, I think that that's what I have to say. Yeah, I mean, um, and since we're since we're running out of time, um, we should also talk before we before we have to uh, transition to our our, our next segment. Um, the resolution that was passed through the House to condemn this behavior. Mm. Oh, they they finally passed it. Yeah, they finally passed it. Oh, well, good. they 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 passed it, but there's a pretty major catch. Um, the 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 resolution. If if you guys are um, unaware of this. Um, there was a resolution, you know, after after uh, Representative Omar made her first uh, her first round of anti-Semitic uh, comments um, it, while she was serving as a congresswoman. Um, House leadership um, roundly condemned her actions, including Speaker Nancy Pelosi, um, the Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, and Majority Whip Jim Clyburn. Um, they all widely uh, Condemned her actions, um, and then subsequently introduced a resolution to the House floor that would condemn anti-Semitism. Uh, the vote on this resolution was stalled several times through the past, uh, for the for the past week or so, um, and it was eventually amended to include. Uh, Condemnation of not just anti-Semitism, but also condemnation of anti um, anti-Muslim rhetoric um, and racism and other forms of bigotry. Uh, I personally see this as a as a as a carefully orchestrated plan by the Democrats to cover for Ilhan Omar, which is why 23 representatives, all of them Republicans, voted against the resolution, and. Now, we're seeing people who are saying that actually the 23 Republicans who voted against it are the real anti-Semites, and Ilhan Omar did nothing wrong. I mean, what's what, what's your guys' take on the resolution, and you know, is it is is it actually accomplishing what it's meant to accomplish? So I haven't personally read the resolution. Uh, that's one of my goals this week is to read through that as much as I can. Uh, I do feel like there was probably more, maybe some writers on that bill that. Uh, that just the uh, Republicans disagreed with. Um, mm-hmm. I do see that their view that it is covering up. Uh, is personally, I do feel like we really need some form of resolution to address this topic right now, especially with all the controversy going on. Uh, I do feel like there should be more uh, f- emphasis on the uh, anti-Semitism, though. Mm-hmm. 
because you know if she if she were a Republican, her name would be in that resolution. You know, the resolution would 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 solely focus on anti-Semitism and nothing else. But because she's a Democrat and she checks all of the progressive intersectional boxes, they wouldn't dare do that to her. What do you think, Jack? Yeah, I mean, if 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 that's not the case, I mean, if they're truly trying to condemn her actions, then I want to say that's great. But I again, if it's if they're trying to maintain the relevancy of this topic of anti anti-semitism and bigotry and whatnot but shift the blame i think that's that's a gross misjustice and i think that action alone should be condemned of course um i think it's fair to believe that because i mean something that that they would obviously want it's it would be easier to i mean of course shift the blame onto Republicans. Um, but as far as shifting the blame off of Omar, uh, I, I can't really tell at this point because it's hard to know exactly what their their true views on her. I, of course, they'll condemn her, but of course, again, like you said, she's a, she's a very uh, strong voice on in the Congress and the house in the house um, she's she's very popular right? because of course like you said she checks the, the intersectional boxes so I would think that they'd they'd want to do all they can to to keep her in that seat and to keep her out of criticism so it's it's fair to assume that but I don't I don't want to jump to conclusions of course um, but yeah it's 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 an interesting situation. I'm I'm curious to see how the resolution will fully pan out and uh, see what the what those Republicans will have to say uh, in response. I mean, the resolution is largely meaningless. It's not going to do anything. I mean, they can say all they want. We condemn uh, anti-racism and anti-Semitism. It's not going to change the way the House works, and it's not going to change what individual House members say. Uh, outside of any formal house setting. I mean, they're going to say whatever they want to say. You know, condemning it isn't isn't the same as banning it. So I think if people's views are as deeply seated as they are, and I have a sneaky suspicion that Ilhan Omar's anti-Semitism is pretty deeply seated because she's been saying these things for the past six years off and on, and they haven't stopped even after she was elected to the most powerful legislative body uh, in the Western world, um, I mean, I'm pretty sure she's going to have a lot of explaining to do if she continues this act. Uh, one more thing before we finish. Uh, I don't know how many people know this. It was pretty big when it uh, came out. But former Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan, David Duke, oh, yeah. announced that he supported Omar's statements uh, towards the Jewish people. So and she was like the best Israel. representative <laughs> oh, in Congress, man. didn't he? Yeah. Keep in mind the Ku Klux Klan, for those who don't know, is a organization rooted back about the Civil War time that would lynch African-American people, lynch Jewish people, lynch homosexual people. They, they're basically American version of Nazis, but way more extreme because they have political influence in our modern Not world. Not good people. Yeah, that is and that a, is that that is pretty bad. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and I mean I don't like I don't really like using that as a major cr- point of criticism, 
for Omar because she can't. Yeah. She, she can't I um choose who endorses her. And I on I mean David Duke's probably of course doing this to to deface the Democrats. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he and knows what's doing. Pot. Yeah. yeah. Um but still it's it's yeah, I don't like. I don't want to use that as much of it. Like, oh, you see, you see, she's endorsed. I mean, she's not being like, yeah, yeah thank yeah. you for I, the, I your just, endorsement. She, but it's it's interesting. She, I think. She but she's refused to, to recant it either. She's yeah. she's refused yeah. to denounce it. She needs it. to say like, she needs to realize that okay, I've gone too far. This disgusting man. Yeah, is I think that supporting would be the, me the point like, of yeah. Just, just a little check. Rain it back a little bit. Well, yeah. we should we should also go back and talk about a little. Um, a little man who is currently sitting in the Oval Office named Donald Trump, who was yeah, also endorsed by uh, David Duke and yeah. refused to uh, denounce this yeah. endorsement, he was roundly criticized by every major media outlet that existed. He was in every single headline for like two weeks. Where's Where's the outcry yeah. about Ilhan Omar being being uh, being endorsed by the by the by the KKK's former Grand Wizard? Yeah. At this point, we should all just sort of ignore David Duke. Just like he'll, well, he'll say something, just yeah. in one ear out the other. But still, I mean, yeah. why, why, why was there this constant media attention when Donald Trump was endorsed by David Duke and then refused to denounce it? But when Ilhan Omar gets in, gets gets endorsed by the same guy and refuses to denounce it, the news is nowhere to be found. Yeah, and in Again, both cases, they can't control who endorses them, but it's the media coverage that matters in the situation. But if she right? What would happen? Yeah, I mean, it'd be a different story. I don't, I don't doubt that for a second. It's unfair. Well, I think that does it for um, our segments uh, talking about anti-Semitism. I think we covered a lot in this segment. Um, next up, we are going to listen to some music with Spencer. Um, Yay. We're gonna preview hot some beats uh, coming up. Exactly, we're gonna preview some hot beats. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. Song review. Welcome back, guys. This is the music section of the KPR Politicast. My name is Spencer Cates, and I'm back here again this week with another great song for you guys. So. This week, we will be featuring Black Lipstick by Chicano Batman, one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, they are a band from SoCal. I saw them in eighth grade. They headlined for Sean Lennon, the son of John Lennon. Uh, I actually saw that with two other KPR staff members, Jack Begay and Alex Bowles, and their concert was amazing, and ever since then, they released an album they released a cover of This Land is Your Land, and they just blew up from there. So here is a sample of Black Lipstick. Her blood was red, but now it's blue. She no longer smiles at you. So that was a little bit of Black Lipstick. Uh, that was released in 2015 as a single before their album uh, Cycles of Existential Rhyme was released a couple years later. 
So they have a very like poppy synthesizer feel. And just going to the concert was just incredible because the lead singer had a bunch of synthesizer machines and he was running around on stage playing guitar, playing the keyboard with his feet, just these giant keyboards. And just the feel of the song is just very, you can study to it, you can have a party to it. It's just a really enjoyable song. Um, so it, this is a shorter segment this week, but that's all I have for the music segment this week. So see you guys next week. Okay. Hello. Welcome back. I'm Richard. We're going to start a special coverage on the anti-vax movement pretty quick. Um, just, to guys, just to let you guys know, Anna's pretty upset right now. <laughs> so if you have a sense uh, change in the demeanor of her attitude, you are on point. <laughs> I wish my cleanse was still going on. <laughs> yeah. she. There's, there's some other people in the, in, the, in the studio right now that are kind of making her upset. But just all annoying like i just don't understand you know what a good cure for that is anna alcohol no a debate <laughs> about the anti-vax movement nope. N- now now we can't sponsor it anymore because she brought up alcohol oh dang it we're missing out on that monetization money. it's all your fault anna how dare you anyway anyway really anna, sorry, i'm gonna guys. say something that's gonna make you even more upset good. social media Let's editor just... looking ass i oh my god <laughs> okay 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 <laughs> <laughs> I do more than make social media posts. Anyway, uh, I'm Tommy, gonna, I'll make something. I'll, I'll make Whoa. something. I'll say something that makes you even more upset, Anna, than that. Try me, Richard. If people don't want to vaccinate their kids, they have the right to not vaccinate their kids. I agree with that. It's not going to make me mad. I agree with uh, that. Okay. Well, what what, what is your you anti vaxxer what, yeah, what, I thought you were pretty anti yeah. anti What the heck, Okay, I don't Anna. think you should not vaccinate your kids, but I think you have a choice not to do so. I mean, if you don't want to vaccinate your kids and you want to let your child die, you go right ahead. Said the anti-vaxxer. I'm going to vaccinate my children. Like, I'm okay, good. not psychotic. You're now excused from all your, from all your previous and comments. I, well, I, I, do, I do agree, and I think Wolfie can agree. Wolfie is also here. Yes, hello. Um, Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> well, you would agree that the anti-vaxxers, right, are, are pretty out of their minds, right? Yeah, and that whole movement kind of started around the time when we were all born, you know, yeah. or, or at least it rose to national prominence, you know, 1997 through 2001 was kind of like when the when the when the first seeds of anti-vaccinationism kind of uh, came to the national forefront. And now those people are getting into their late teens, as we are. And those people who have not been vaccinated are now getting legal means to sue their parents for not vaccinating them and exposing them to all sorts of illnesses that wouldn't have existed and would have stayed eradicated as they had already been for decades prior had they been vaccinated. And and that all started with the, the, um, the study that linked the MMR vaccine, right, which prevents measles, mm-hmm. um, to autism. And that yes. study was very flawed. I won't even say the guy's name because I don't think that he deserves any media coverage, however Ooh. small. He's a hack. He is a hack. He's, he's a, a hack. He's an his, absolute his, hack. His study was Liar. conducted with a small group of people, and uh, the numbers were pretty much fudged. Um, it, to, wasn't double blind. it, was, it wasn't double-blind. It wasn't um, double-blind. It was very flawed in its execution. 
but it was um, published in peer-reviewed journals, and that earned lots yeah, of credence. Yeah, yeah, it was published in um, – what's the big British uh, medical journal? Um, I, I, I couldn't tell you. It, it was, it was published it, in a big British – a very well-respected journal. Very um, factual, guys. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Anna. We know but, everything about anti-vaccination. <laughs> but no, no, but no. But seriously, I mean, like, this – it was a pretty consequential study, um, and it's widely debunked, but people are still pointing to it as evidence – that the MMR vaccine and a lot of vaccines for that matter cause autism, which is a ridiculous assertion. It's been debunked by the CDC, you know, by the NHS in Britain, um, pretty, pretty worldwide decreditation of this study. Uh, the guy who um, conducted the study lost his medical license. It's also um, horrifically discriminatory because, I mean, I can, I, can, I can vouch for this because I myself have a form of autism. And I think it's just not entirely... It's not, it's not wholesome to 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 refuse to vaccinate your children because you're afraid that because you're afraid that it will cause autism. I mean, what exactly are you afraid of anyway? I mean, I'm not like non-functional. I can do everything a normal person can. Why would I? I mean, why is that? Why is that bad? I guess. Yeah, no, I agree to a certain extent. I mean, would you rather have your kid dead or be? Wolfie, like I just don't understand. <laughs> okay, so we have a we have a pretty big um, question there. I guess <laughs> would you rather have your kid dead or be Wolfie? Uh, I don't know. That's that pretty came out t- mean, that's but like, choice. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, but, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, you wouldn't want your kid to be dead. I would prefer Wolfie over a dead child. Um, I don't know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Wolfie. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know what else. I mean, Love it's you causing, too, it's, uh, Can I read an anti-vax Facebook post? Please do. Okay, my mom showed me this today. The weather is getting nicer. My son, Jericho, not vaccinated. Jericho. Never <laughs> wants to make it in by curfew. I am planning on moving his bedroom outside. Just looking for this post. I am not looking. I am. I'm not looking to tr- this to turn into a bait, Rebecca. You okay, Anna? Just looking for recommendations for outdoor furniture for a two-year-old boy's room. She wants to move her two-year-old son, Jericho, who's not vaccinated. Jericho. Why? Why? Is his, why I mean, okay. outside. I just don't understand. Why, why is it important that he's not vaccinated? I feel like anti-vaxxers will do, will say anything to like, you know, say that their kid's not vaccinated. If your kid's you know, name is Jericho, he's they're, not going to be vaccinated. Oh, Sorry, yeah, okay, that's there we go. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good. <laughs> that's My kid, right there. Epsom salt. If your kid not is named, <laughs> if your kid is named Jericho, he's not going to be vaccinated. Um, yeah, but it's I mean yeah, yeah. Vaccin- My son Throckmorton yeah. has never <laughs> had a vaccination <laughs> in his life. Well, I, I think this has been in the news lately because the kid, the Reddit kid, uh, mm-hmm. testified oh, yeah. by Congress. Uh-huh. Uh, so um, there was this kid, and he went on Reddit, and he had a mom who was very anti-vax. He had never had a vaccination. He was about to turn eighteen. Mm-hmm. He did an MMA on Reddit. And um, you mean an AMA? An AMA, sorry. <laughs> and um, MMA. sorry, my bad, uh, Wolfie. Uh, and <laughs> everyone called him stupid on Reddit. And then he went and got vaccinated. <laughs> and but but he brings up a serious you know point. Uh, we're talking you know 18 years later almost to the date you know when this whole anti-vax movement started. What are these kids that are have never had a vaccination going to do when they turn 18, and they know better? I mean, they're going to get vaccinated. They're going to get vaccinated. So the, the whole anti-vax movement is stupid, right? Because but you're not taking into account your kids, you know. It doesn't actions. matter if it's stupid, though. People are still going to do it. I mean, you know, you if can you don't prevent your kid. Your kids. You can prevent your kid from 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 smoking weed. 
when he's 14. It doesn't change the fact that when he turns 18, he can do whatever the hell he wants to, and he's not, he's not, you know, beholden to the will of his parents, and he can do whatever he wants. I mean, it doesn't mean that it makes it any better, but or legal. I, think, I, think, I think the you can't prevent people from. You can't prevent people, but you can you can prevent them in the way of giving them false information. Well, if, you, if, if you're if you say you're gonna die yes. if you smoke weed, right? Then your kid's not gonna smoke weed because he thinks he's gonna die. But then when he's 18, he's gonna do more research and figure out. Well, that's a total and complete utter lie. I don't care what you think. I mean, it goes both ways. Like. It, yeah, it's, no, the, it's the it's the same way with it's 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 entirely analogous to the anti-vaxxer movement. I mean, it's 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 rooted in false science. It you is guys, you know endangering but, people's lives. But here's the thing. And so, if people think it's stupid, they're going to go against it. Here's the thing, and this is where I I kind of am at a crossroads, right? Um, do the parents have the constitutional right to choose? Right, they, they that's that's they you know, do that's un that's undisputed. I'm right? pretty sure the, the Constitution parents, was before the time of vaccinations. Well, I, and I understand that, but I'm saying that they have the civil liberties outlined in the Constitution give the parents, you know, a a right to choose. Right, that could be argued. Yeah. So, but these kids also have a right to choose, right? And they have a right to live. Yes. So this actually, is where I'm, yeah, this is where I'm at a crossroads. I mean, do you guys see a correlation between um, anti-vaxxers and pro-lifers? Like. Dude. I think you wrote, you said something about that in your article. I did, right? uh-huh. yeah. And I, I kind of do, right? To the extent where you're kind of taking the choice away from the child to live. Yes, I mean it's even like in the and in other the, kids and other people's kids, for that matter. In yeah. the earliest foundational documents of this country, I mean, the Declaration of Independence. One of its most quoted excerpts is. You know, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I mean, exactly. if, if you have a right to life, that is a check against abortion, the, and it's also a check against anti-vaccinationism but, because but the, but are you the, refusing to your, vaccinate your children puts them at a risk of dying. But do the parents have the right to liberty? And, and are you going to ask your two-minute-old exactly. son that if he important? wants to be vaccinated or not? Does does liberty does the trump. does the right to liberty trump the right to life? And I would say I would say liberty does trump the right to life because what what well, is what is life without liberty? You can't actually know what is liberty without life. How do you I, rather, how do you espouse rather, how do you rather, espouse liberty without espousing life? I'd rather die than uh, have my liberty taken away from me. So I think I mean, that yeah. it's it's not well. I can say the it's, same it's, thing, but I mean, I mean you can't really claim to the, have liberty unless you're alive to experience that liberty. Well, I, right? I, but I think I don't think that I would want to experience life without that liberty. So I mean, I, I think that liberty has to come first uh, for meaningful life to be created. Yeah, but billions of people are alive nowadays that don't have the same degree of liberty and that I wouldn't want to live that, like that. The 370 million Americans experience. I wouldn't want to live like that. I, I I I would I would try to escape or kill myself. Okay, here's the question. Well, whether or not you will vaccinate your kids, can the government regulate if I'm going to vaccinate my kids? Like, can they tell me like I have to? Like, right now, I would, I would say they, they should. should. I, I don't think they should, uh, because I think that liberty trumps life. I agree. They I shouldn't. I vehemently disagree, because you know if if that's if an the government though that's if the an, government no it's not yes, it if is. the government no I mean yeah, it, 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 if the government has the right. To, um, you know, take take legal action against parents who are negligent, 
and who don't take care of their children and to take their children away from them and put them in a foster home where they're going to be cared for by parents who actually give a shit. I mean, if that's a thing the government can do, why can't the government legislate, you know, uh, against people who, who, who refuse to vaccinate their children? Because if I don't want to vaccinate be, my kids, then I don't have to. But, it's no, not, no, 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 but I, if that's here. putting them at a risk of developing dis, de, debilitating diseases, I mean, for the first time in, like, decades... A case of tuberculosis was treated on American soil. Well, here's the thing: tuberculosis, Wolfie, Wolfie. the disease where you cough and you, you know, you start. Well, that, that's a bacterial you start infection. Coughing that, up not, blood. That's a bacterial I mean, infection. That's not. That's not. So it can't be prevented by a vaccine. Well, it's it's, it's probably it because, still it, is. It's I mean, because it was because of the influx of immigrants. Well, I mean, from the south, tuberculosis is yeah maybe, maybe not the best the case uh, or or like like um, case study for it. I think I saw today tetanus was other. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tetanus is coming back. Polio is coming back. MMR well, the measles no, are coming back. Hasn't been treated in the United States since 2015. Wait, what do you mean polio? <laughs> polio, yeah. Okay, not saying it's right been a though. Case since 2015. Not saying it's right that like people aren't vaccinating their kids, but. I have, like, if I don't want to vaccinate my kids, then I don't have to. Like, I, I generally don't have to. But it to. puts that child at a risk of dying I understand from that. a debilitating disease. I why, understand why, that. when you have access to advanced medical technology that has taken, you know, hundreds of years I to cultivate, why, why would, why, why would the government not take action? I well, here's the thing, Wolfie, do you think that we should, do you think the government should take actions against Christian scientists who, who refuse modern medical? Uh, treatment. Do you think the government should take action against the Amish? Right? I mean, if you're saying no. that the government can take away, right, people's kids because they're, people accepti- are experiencing, because they're not accepting of Western medicine. If those people experience diseases in, 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 I guess, you know, greater, greater percentages among children, I but, would say. But they're already, they're already, I mean, they're already at risk of, you know, you're saying that even if they're at risk, right, then we should take away their kids. What I'm saying is that, like, so Just you had to take the away gravity. The gravity of this is so. I mean, it's really immense, and I think more uh, more so than valuing liberty, because it's also outlined in 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 the founding of this country that um, you know citizens who live here, um, when they when they when they are citizens of the United States, they give up some of their liberties to the government. I'm saying though people that's don't That's the only way that I'm not finished yet. That's the only way to function in a in a in a federalist government. Okay. Is to consign, you know, is, is to is to give the government the consent to kind of take away some of your rights in order to protect your life and your liberty. And I think that that is important and I think it's more important than, you know, saying should we should we should we give parents the 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 right to, to refuse to vaccinate their children, even if that comes with a very real risk of those children developing debilitating diseases that can be prevented with vaccinations. I mean, I, I think it's, it amounts to child abuse. Um, Re- refusing to vaccinate your children when you have the means to do so is child abuse, and it should be treated as child abuse. So I'll, I'll say one thing, and then we'll throw it over to Anna, uh, because we're kind of running out of time. Um, I would say that nowhere, no at no time, in the history of the world, has government uh, actually protected someone's rights, right? The government has always taken away uh, rights. You know, I disagree. For, for, for their, I, I would say that they have always uh, taken away rights uh, um, and never given. Now give me an example of a time the government has given someone a right. 
I wouldn't say given someone a right, but protected a right okay, that's sorry, already okay, been enumerated right. for well, Give me an example of someone, uh, you know, when the government has protected someone's rights. Uh, every time anyone in this country has said anything ever. The First Amendment, the right to free speech. But who, what, what, who would take away someone's right to free speech? No one would be able to because... No, but I'm, I'm saying or, that, you know, that in, the, in, the, in, in the history, right, nobody but the government would take away, could take away someone's right to free speech. Correct. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, I, so the only I, I the thought only you were body... saying no, no, no government or, or you know, government has never protected anyone's rights. They've only taken them away. Well, I'm saying that the, the only body. The only, I, I don't agree with that. The only body that can take away someone's fundamental rights is government. Yes, so, and that government can is, is also the only body that can give people rights too. No, I, I, no, rights are not given; they're fundamental. Well, everyone everyone has a immense set of rights that we give away to the government. Yes. Right. The only body that takes away rights is the the government. government. I agree. Yes. So I guess gets to my point to anti-vaccination is that when you're saying that the government's protecting certain rights, right, really what they're doing is taking away rights. Well, what I'm what I'm what I'm saying is that, you know, there's a there's a there's a fundamental understanding that if you're going to live in a civil society like the one the United States has helped to cultivate along with the rest of the Western world, you're expected to adhere to a certain standard of civility. By taking away rights. By, by voluntarily choosing to live in a country where your rights are being given away. Yes. Or okay. at least a certain amount of them. I mean, Anna, it's Anna, not... We'll start to Anna. Okay. Okay. People don't vaccinate, or the main reason people don't vaccinate is because it violates the religion. And if you tell people they have to vaccinate, that violates their freedom of religion. So that's taking away a right outlined in the Constitution. What religion um, explicitly forbids vaccination? Christian, Christian, Christian scientists. scientists. Show me Amish. the documents for that. Does Christian scientists actually have documentation preventing people from being vaccinated? And so it, it depends on the state. They reject modern some, medicine. Some, some states are can uh, give religious exemptions. That's bullshit. <laughs> okay. I believe in the right. I mean, freedom of religion is very important, but freedom of religion, I, 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 I would say, you know, if a, if, if, if someone is doing something that is that 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 actively harms someone's, you know, or, 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 or actively stands in the way of someone's right to life, then that's that's that doesn't fall under, you know, the umbrella of protected um, expression of religious identity. And that okay. needs to be that 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 needs to be um, regulated. regulated I think. Against. I think with that we'll wrap it up. We're kind of running out of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, very long podcast. A very long podcast. Seventy-five I'm, minutes. <laughs> I'm glad that you could all join us. If you got to this point, congratulations. Thank uh, you for listening to our to our tirades about uh, the way things are. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> The way KPR, the way really things are. Be like yes. that. That's really, the way it is. KPR, it I'm Walter really Conkright like for NBC News. Is that what you anchored for? NBC News? I yeah. can't remember. It was a CBS. Walter Conkright? Yeah, Walter Conkright. I don't know. Anyway. I, I can't remember. But he, anyway. but, but he always said, that's the way it is after every. Thank you, Bill podcast. Gunn. We'll talk uh, to you guys. Okay. We'll see you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back next week for another exciting episode of the KPR Politicast, where we'll talk about more things that are going to happen next week. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.